0: Welcome to the Water and Stone Podcast. You are listening to episode number 137. Our Sunday worship service for October 20th, 2019 is What Are You Made Of? It's the third in the series, Meaning Fulfilled. As children of God, we are given powerful potential and untold spiritual gifts. Let's agree with the giver. Let's answer the call. So our uh, scripture for today Matthew 5, 16. Let's say it together. Together. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now that is one of the, uh, I call them the job description parts of scripture. I think one of the reasons people had such a problem with Jesus is he always giving them homework. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, leaders of religious traditions who tell you to sit still. And Jesus wasn't big on that. Go do a thing. You go see Jesus, he's going to give you a job to do. And I think that that's problematic for some people. But it's important to understand that so often in Scripture, what we get is a job description. And this isn't just for the disciples. You know that there's a lot of parts of Scripture where he's telling the disciples, okay, guys, when you go out and do this and that and the other, pay attention to this and that and the other. I'm paraphrasing. But this is... One of the many job description passages that's for us. This is what you're supposed to do. If you want a life that works, let your light shine. Let other people see your good deeds, but this is the catch. This is the catch or the kicker. I was going for both, and I said neither. Let other people see what you do, but let them glorify the Father who is in heaven. This is the big deal because you got to know with me that there's a whole big old hunk of Christianity that's devoted to, hey, look at me. Look at how spiritual I am. Look at the, the crystallism I'm wearing or I have all kinds of namaste stickers on my car. Can you coexist with everything I got stuck to the bumper? You know, whatever it is. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But that is not the grounds for whether or not you're living a spiritual life. And so, the the statement, the teaching is very clear. Know who you are. Let your light shine through your life. And let other people look through you and see something bigger behind you. Jesus said, they who have seen me have seen the Father. And that's part of what's going on here. When people see you, How clear of a lens are you to good with a capital G, love with a capital L, for example. Which is a long way around of saying life doesn't happen to you, life happens through you. And if you're writing something down, that's a thing to write. Life doesn't happen to you, life happens through you. And this is especially big deal for us because we live in Florida. Almost no one is from here. And even if you're from here, you're probably only a couple of generations out from somebody who thought, when we move to Florida, everything will be different. And what most people find out, and I know this because people come and talk to me about it, and I know this because I'm from Kansas City. What we learn is that the nuts all roll downhill. But what we learn more, that it it doesn't matter where you go, this is the old story. Your change in latitude will not change your attitude with apologies. But you know it's true. That great patron saint, it turns out Jimmy Buffett doesn't have the answers to everything. I know, it's a shocker. But you and I both know that there are plenty of situations where we think, if I only get this outer thing, I will be different and it never works out. And in fact, it only leads to frustration. Makes me think of that other Florida archetype. You got Jimmy Buffett on the other, on one hand, and on the other hand, you have the worst superhero of all time, Florida man. You know exactly who I'm talking about. You see him in the news all the time. He's the worst superhero, Florida man, arrested for re- uh, wrestling an alligator in a Walmart. Florida man. But it seems to me in this moment that what's really happening is when you take the idea that something outside will fix you, and you're frustrated by it enough. If you go through enough, if I get that car, I'll be better. If I get that house, I'll be better. If I get that job, I'll be better. If I get this person to pay attention to me, I'll be better. They never work and they only lead to frustration. And that frustration has to go somewhere. So before too long, you're wrestling an alligator in the housewares department. Or the equivalent in your own life. And I don't know about you, but I have done the equivalent. Done nutty thing because I was so frustrated that something outside of me couldn't fix me. Life doesn't happen to you. It has to happen when there's something bigger that you act on and it shines through you. There's that wonderful trinity of life. When you think about it, everything important happens in that wonderful trinity kind of a way. There's a reason that a lot of things happen in threes for us. When you were a kid in school, maybe you learned about the triangle of fire. It sounds like a dance move, but it's not. Do you remember this? When they talked about for fire to happen, maybe you learned it in scouting, for example, or if you went camping with somebody. or You learned it somewhere that for fire to happen, you've got to have that trinity. You've got to have oxygen. You've got to have combustible material like logs or something. And you got to have heat. You've got to have all three. And they taught you that if you want to put out a fire, all you got to do is take one of those things away, and the whole thing breaks down. To be talked about with nouns, fire is an event to be talked about with verbs. And there's a reason I'm going on about this. This isn't an only you can prevent forest fires moment. It's a lot of pressure on one person. But rather to suggest that everything important in your life, everything, when you think about it, is not a thing to be talked about with nouns. Everything important is an event, is a happening. Fire doesn't happen because there's logs. You can set logs down and look at them forever, and fire won't spontaneously spring up. Fire doesn't happen because of the outer conditions. Fire happens to them. That's important. And in fact, if you think about your life, it's really important to understand that the logs get consumed. They're not important past a certain point. And I'm saying that because there's a lot of people who spend their lives looking for lumber. If only I have the money. And then they're so afraid for that money to be consumed following their hearts that they just sit on it and they're frustrated. You know what I mean? It's instructive that the wood gets consumed by the fire. It's instructive to think about everything important in life as an event rather than as a thing. I mean, think about it. We're sitting here in a church We spend a lot of time talking about the idea of where this church will grow as it grows because this church is a very, very new thing. We're still a youngster in a lot of important ways, and it's very tempting to go, you know, someday we'll get that building. We were talking about it this morning, and I'm excited about that. We've got big ideas for a building and all of that, but you and I both know that churches don't just spring out of buildings. Churches don't happen because buildings any more than fire happens because wood. There's a lot of different kinds of buildings, and a lot of them are very unpleasant. You ever been to Golden Corral? Church doesn't just spring out of a building. Church happens to a building. When there are people in it with open hearts and open minds, when there are people in it who want to talk about their relationship with God, there are people in it who can see the Christ happening. Church happens to a building. It doesn't happen from a building. Church is an event. You and I have been in big old churches that didn't feel like church because nobody challenged me. I didn't learn anything about the Bible. I didn't do a thing. I just got to feel exactly the same way I felt before. That's validation. It ain't church. You can have all of the outer trappings and not have the experience because church happens to a building, not from it. If you want a life that is impactful, if you want a life that is meaningful, And that's what we're talking about, right? I want you to think in terms of verbs, not nouns. Verbs, not nouns. There's lots of people who think if I change the nouns of my life, if I change the job, if I change the amount of money in the bank account, if I change who pays attention to me, if I change my hair, I mean that one, might. No, but if I change the outer things, then somehow something something will happen to me. But you and I both know that you can shuffle the nouns around all you want and you're back to Florida, man. you got to change the verbs. Change what you do. Change how you see, how you feel about the thing. If you want to change your life, don't change the nouns, change the verbs. That's how this works. And so what I'm suggesting is if you want to change your life, it starts with seeing yourself in a different kind of a way because you are not a thing. You're not there because of muscles and bones and credit scores. The world doesn't happen to you. You happen to the world. And everything changes when you change your mind about that. When you stop seeing yourself as a thing and start seeing yourself as an event, that's how to set fire to your life and to change something. Or be less like a rock and more like a rock concert, be the event. See yourself that way. I want you to think about how life works when you are interested in verbs and not nouns. But that's your choice, and so I ask you the question, what are you made of? Because that determines everything. Now, looking back, we talked about the idea of seeing ourselves as mythological figures, as the heroes of a fairy tale, right? And I've had some really interesting feedback from people that have been working on. Just that little thing. See yourself as the hero of a story instead of, uh, of an unwilling bystander. Just that little moment will change a lot of things. But if you see yourself as a hero, one of the things that you realize is that every hero in every hero's story has that moment when they're given some kind of a set of equipment. It's usually the second thing that happens. The hero decides, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. You're right. I am going to be the hero. I'm the, you know, you're a wizard Harry, that moment. Okay, they set foot out the door and they become a hero. The very next thing that tends to happen is someone shows up and gives them equipment. Luke Skywalker is given his lightsaber, for example, or somebody gets a magic shield or, you know, that kind of thing. You get it. Every hero, as part of their story, is given boons, they call it, treasures, uh, gifts, equipment for their journey. And I want you to know that you're no different. You have been given certain gifts that will aid you on your way. You just got to know it. They've been given to you since day one. But not everybody knows they have this going for them. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like I don't have anything going for me. I don't feel heroic at all. I got nothing to work with. I know that feeling, too. But you, like every hero in every hero's story have been given gifts. Specifically, there are three gifts that I want to talk to you about. Because if you use them just like air and heat and logs, you can do something different with your life. You require these three just like you require them for fire. And the first gift is one that will come as no surprise to you. The first gift that everyone is given is freedom. And I know that seems weird because a lot of people don't feel free in some areas of their lives, but that's a choice, and that's why I say the thing I say at the end of every talk. Think about it. No matter who you are and where you are, you have received inspiration in the most mundane and boring and commonplace situations because you have the freedom to think however you want to think. And no matter who you are and where you are, you have been bored in the face of amazing beauty. That's how free you are. You're free to miss the boat. Your life is proof of how free you are to think. And no matter how constrained you feel by finances or physicality or location or opinion or you name it, you can start to change the way that you think. You can start to change the way that you see. And that will begin to move things around for you. You are free. But that freedom is constrained by how willing you are to settle for stuff you know better about. That's just how it works. But that's why we're given the second gift. And the second gift is yearning. Your freedom is counterbalanced by, augmented by, lifted up by a yearning. Each and every person has a yearning for good, a yearning for love, a a desire to be happy. Each and every person wants a life that works a little bit. Each and every person wants somebody to love them in one way or another. Each and every person has what I would call a homesickness for the presence of God. Not everybody calls it there. Calls it that, doesn't matter to me. I don't think God's interested in brand recognition. But every single person has a yearning for it, and you are walking proof of that. I don't have to prove that one to you. And that yearning is limited only by how willing we are to settle. Sound familiar? The yearning is balanced out by the freedom. The freedom is balanced out by the yearning. And if you use one to satisfy the other, you're on your way. But you need something else. The third gift, and this is the gift that every hero has too, the gift of a tribe. No one's born alone. No one does anything alone. If you want to act like a three-year-old and say, I do it all by myself, enjoy the tantrum. But the truth is no one does anything alone. Every hero's journey starts with someone loving them and seeing something better in them. And every hero's journey ends with them bringing back the gift. Whatever it was, they slayed the dragon. They bring the freedom back. They bring the whatever it is back to the tribe, back to the group. You are given the gift of freedom, the gift of yearning, and the gift of community. Every dream that you dream is dreamed in the context of other people. When you think about what's meaningful, what's important in life, it is what we remember about the past together. What we cherish about what's going on right now, what's important to us together and what we carry forward into the future together that's how this works if you want a life that works think about how free you are when you want to be think about that calling that you have in your heart that yearning and think about the fact that nobody does anything alone ask yourself think about your life which one of those gifts occurred to you first Think about the history of your life. There are some people that are just really in touch with how free they are, and nobody can hold me down, and they're the ones that are always getting in trouble. There are some people who are really in touch with the yearning they have to to be better, to love, and be loved, and all of that. And there are people who are really grounded in their family and their tribe and the people around them. Which one are you? But I want you to know that you need all three to make the fire go. So think about where you're strong, and think about where you want to work on it. Because life works really well when you use all three of your gifts to start a fire. When you use all three of your gifts to be a different kind of person. And so I ask you, what are you made of? This is how healing works. People ask me that all the time. And they talk about, uh, you know, I want, well, I don't really want healing. I want money. (laughs) I don't really want healing. I want somebody to like me. I don't really want healing. I just want to quit this job. You want healing. No matter what anybody has ever come to me asking for in prayer, no matter what anybody has ever come to me asking for with advice or anything like that, everything that you ever wanted is about healing. I want to be healed. Maybe I want my finances healed. Maybe I want my love life and my heart healed. Maybe I want my family situation, my job situation healed. But what I want is healing. And the reason that I bring that out is that we're really good with the idea that our bodies start out whole. Our bodies are whole. We start out as living, breathing creations. And the matter of healing is one that we're okay about understanding, that healing doesn't happen by taking something away or by making something different. Healing happens when we go back to the way that God made us, right? Healing is sort of a reunion. And people are okay with that, but they go, yeah, but as far as my finances, what I really need is $5 million. I need that to be added to me something that i don't have now well if you start from a place of absence all you will cultivate is absence or put another way if you're a miserable so-and-so right now you can be really miserable with five million dollars you can get yourself in all kinds of misery advanced misery so start seeing your miracle not as something to be taken away or something to be added but rather something to be remembered it's already true because it's already true about god Okay, so great, smart guy. How do I get healed? I'm glad you asked. We're talking about threes today, and there's three steps to the healing process. I've seen it work over and over again. I've seen doctors scratch their heads at somebody being able to walk out on their own steam. I've seen it work over and over again in love life, and finances, and jobs, you name it. Maybe it's not the only way, but I've seen this way work. Step one in the healing process, whether you're healing your body, you're healing your finances, whatever it is. Step one in the healing process is take out the trash. Think about what it is that you're working on and decide to get done with anything that doesn't agree with it. Take out the trash. In other words, if you're working on love, how much not love are you putting up with in the way you think about other people? How much not love are you putting up with in the way that you carry yourself in the world? Take out the trash. Because you can't have healing if there's a whole bunch of stuff you know you shouldn't be doing to take care of your body and honor it, for example. You have to take out the trash. Or, you know, God says you've been faithful with a little, I'll I'll put you in charge of a lot. Well, what happens if you're not faithful with what you have? The universe goes, well, I guess you're good, right? No, 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 fix me and make me better, but I don't want to change anything. First step is take out the trash. Agree with that. And that's the second step, agree. So you get rid of what's not true, and the second step is you agree with what is. So what does it look like when you agree with love? What does it look like in your heart, in your life, in your thinking, if you agree with healing, if you agree with prosperity? What if you've got a rich father? How does that change how you think? Step one, take out the trash, forgive. Step two, agree. Let it be okay with you. That your life works. and that seems like a no-brainer. But you know as well as I do, there's a lot of people who aren't really okay with the healing because all they know how to talk about is what's wrong. I would refer them back to step one, step three, act it out, live it, carry your agreement into celebration. Do something. What would Jesus do if that's if that's how it works for you? But if you don't have a clear understanding of Jesus, let's talk. But in the meantime. What does it look like if you live out your loving idea? What does it look like if you live out what prosperity, what healing, what happiness looks like? Live it. Carry your celebration into action. Because what you want, once again, is a remembrance of the way that it always was. No more saying no to what's in your heart, but jumping in all the way. And I say that because there's really two kinds of problems in life. There's the problems that don't require any change like fixing a flat tire or even putting a cast on a broken arm. I just do the thing in the outer and I don't have to really change anything. And then there's changes like quitting smoking, falling in love, learning about yourself, being a better boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is that require change. I got to tell you, nothing ever gets fixed if I'm just changing the nouns. There's always going to be more dishes to do. There's always going to be more stuff to deal with. There's a lot of self-help things that tell you, just change these things, do this to-do list, get up an hour earlier, but that never changes anything. So what I'm trying to say is when you pray, and I hope you do, you don't got to pray like I do. You read the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus says, when you pray, do it like this. But you don't even have to study anything. When you pray, just take time every day and just talk to God like you're talking to a friend and you will figure out the right words. God will give you the right words. But when you pray, stop asking for God to change your nouns. God, will you please just give me more money? How's that working so far? Has it ever worked? Stop asking for God to change your nouns and ask for God to change your verbs. God, grant in me an understanding of all. Sound familiar? God, may I see you more clearly. God, what do I need to do to be more like how you made me? God, let me change how I see, how I feel, how I live. Pray for God to change your verbs. Something amazing happens when we get past asking for what we want. You know, when you think about it, every hero's journey has the moment where they start out in have to. You know, Luke Skywalker's out there working on the farm, Harry Potter's under the stairs, you know, doing the things that they have to do, cleaning up something. But something amazing happens when they get to do what they want, when something changes. But that's not the end of the story, even though most people stay and want to. They go, hey, I'm going to read this religious book, and it's going to tell me how to get what I want and manifest a Buick and going to give me all the things, and I'm going to win friends and influence people. And all you influence them into is thinking how selfish you are. But we won't talk about that. The amazing part of the story, and I'm telling you this because it's something that people don't talk about in church very often. The amazing part of the hero's journey is not when they're in have to and not when they move into want to. Because change doesn't happen when you're just doing the same dishes over and over again. Change doesn't even happen when you're getting what you want all the time because that's just your ego and it's a broken record after a while. No surprises. No surprises. Change happens in every hero's story when they don't get what they want. Think about it. Luke Skywalker would love for Obi-Wan Kenobi to hang around a little bit longer, but he didn't get what he wants. Every hero story has a moment where you can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. And I'm telling you that to say that God knows better. I'm telling you that to say that you have been working on something and maybe it didn't work how you wanted, but I'm telling you to lean into it. I'm telling you that it's time to recognize that the beautiful thing happens, the hero becomes a hero when they step past what they want and they step into what they've been called to. Okay, God, a gift. What is it for me? Because you have been called. Each and every one of us is born with that yearning. Use the tribe that you have, the people who love you, to think about that, to serve somebody, to tell somebody a story. Because remember, no matter what happens, you are free. And freedom is a choice. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening along to the services and being a part of this extended church family. I love the idea that it's not something that's bound by a particular physical location, although I want you to know that you're always welcome to come join us. Our street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's an amazing thing to be a part of this physical community. But one way or another, I want you to know that you're part of a larger family. And this meaning series that we're working on has to do with finding out what really matters in your life and making a life that matters for everybody. So with that in mind, there's all kinds of things that I want you to know about. There's all kinds of things to try and do that's going to make a difference in your life. And to find out more about the different homework and kind of things that we have going on, please find us on the web at waterandstonechurch.com. That's waterandstonechurch.com, all spelled out. And you can find uh, our address, service times, links to all kinds of things that we're doing, and most importantly, links to find us on all kinds of social media. We'll be posting a lot of movies and things on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our newsletter, all of that. The two big important links are, once again, waterandstonechurch.com and at Waterstone Min, M-I-N At Waterstone Min, that's where we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook So find us in those places We'll be looking for you